OK, well, welcome to the latest edition of Ed Talks. Uh, my name is Ed Mead. I'm the founder of Uber. But more importantly, in terms of this conversation, I've been an estate agent for a very, very long time, as has the person sitting opposite me. And he's the kind of person that, to be honest with you, it's the first time I've actually met him physically. Um, I've been well aware of this fellow for quite a long time. And if you went and looked at his LinkedIn profile, you'd think, oh, my God, how can anyone do all of that? But actually... My interactions with him recently have been absolutely staggering. I think I've, I've never met anybody with as much energy. And I can tell you he looks a little bit younger than me, but he's not that young. Um, and it's uh, Ian White. So uh, welcome along to Ed Talks, Ian. Thank you, Ed. Very kind introduction. Thank you very much. Um, and just before we go on any further, for those who don't know who you are, give us a little bit of a potted CV of your, your history, because you certainly qualify as an estate agent, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely, I would consider myself a thoroughbred thoroughbred estate agent um my my career really started off with romans um i did a little bit in agency before that working with dale in a company called bancroft grows but really i'm sort of known for being at romans i i was there man and boy um virtually from the start um spent i some what year was that then when did you start there i started an agency in 87 i think and okay. went to romans in 89 um, and was there for sort of 23, 24 years. Um, had a fantastic time. Um, those who know the Romans business, you know, from my perspective, it's, it's one of the best out there. And we, we had a brilliant time building a brilliant business. Um, from there, I went on to do some work with Countrywide uh, and became MD of one of their, their subsidiaries at the time. There were 52 of them, I think, and then it reduced down to about 11 different subsidiaries looking after a number of different brands. Um and learnt. Uh, the reason I wanted to do that was because I'd been on the entrepreneurial side of a state agency with, with, with a business like Romans that had grown from, from nothing to, to, to what it became, um, but didn't really understand the city and the shareholder side and the sheer scale of, of the opposite end of the corporate estate agency world. So served a few years um, with Countrywide, which was an eye-opener, um, and gave me the opposite end of the, the estate agency spectrum, not necessarily better or worse, but just different. Um, uh, and from there, I then went on to uh, work with a number of different estate agents, helping them uh, grow their businesses um, and achieve their goals and sort of mentor the owners of those businesses to be able to get what they wanted out of it, um, which isn't always to just sell for many millions. There are lots of different goals and different different aspirations, but just to help uh, estate agencies. And a lot of these MDs are fairly lonely. They're small businesses. They're, they're the only person at the top. They don't have other shareholders. They've got nobody else that they're beholden to. Um, and they, they wanted a shoulder to, to work with a knowledgeable, wise head. Um, hopefully I, I fulfilled that, that criteria for well, them. Well, I think certainly your experience would, would, would seem to bear that out. I mean, it's, it's interesting because your experience of agency is very, very wide, particularly obviously because of the Romans and the countrywide side of it. But... Um, we all know that the vast majority of people listening to this are probably going to be independent estate agents because that's what the vast majority of yeah. people are, sort of 70, 80 percent. Um, and it is very lonely. And we were talking before we came in. There are two things that I really would like to talk about. One is is how uh, estate agents tend to look at the development of technology and products and widgets, whatever, in terms of their P&L, rather than necessarily looking at the consumer 
journey and how we can make the buying and selling process better, which we need to. I mean, you know, the the length of time it takes to go from offer agreed to exchange is now longer than it's ever been. And that is just completely inexcusable. And the second thing is the issue if you're an owner of an agency and you're the owner of an independent agency, it's really difficult to know how to get out of it. Unless you've got a vast lettings book, getting value is very difficult because, you know, it is lonely. People in a state agency don't tend to talk to each other. You know, if you're in competition with three or four local agents, you don't spend time going down down the pub with them and chatting about life and what they're doing. It just doesn't work like that. So it always seems to be the corporates that take advantage of first offers for shares in Rightmove or the latest product, they get a discounted trial for it. And one of the things that you're, you you have been driving is this uh, a thing called the Innovation Collaboration Group. I mean, the clue's in the name there, obviously, to try and get lots of products together so that agents can can um, get best in class solutions which they can use. So maybe let's start with the with the um, the people who are running the agencies. I mean, one of the things I'm fairly convinced about is, and I don't, I don't know whether. I'd, I'll get brickbats thrown at me for saying this, but I'm fairly sure that the quality of people in the industry isn't quite the same as it used to be. I don't know whether you agree with that. Yes, I would. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the advent of technology has uh, uh, created a view that technology solves all, and it simply doesn't. Technology should be an aid for quality people to deliver a great service. Um, I mean, just simple things like email. The advent of email has taken people off the phone and onto the keyboard. Um, you can't build a relationship through a keyboard, in my opinion, in the same way that you can if you meet, greet, or speak to people on the telephone. Um, so I think, I think, I think the salesmanship and the relationship building skills and the sort of graft of, a, of an estate agent from the eighties would would typically typically sit significantly above that of a modern estate agency. Not to mention, I think you know, up until very recently, the last fifteen years, if we're really brutal with ourselves, it's not been a difficult industry with which to. Um, pay your bills and make a living. Um, perhaps now and with the advent of the online guys and various challenges in the letting sector through to legislation and all that sort of stuff, I think we're possibly seeing the rebirth of, of, of the better. I'm seeing some really good, young, new, vibrant agents, um, not necessarily big players in terms of numbers of offices, but they've got some great systems and processes. Some so how would ideas. they differ then? I mean, give me a couple of examples of, you don't have to mention the names if you don't want to, of the agents, but in terms of what they're doing that's different, how are they doing it? I think there is a, there is a new breed of agents out there that are that are, are, are definitely now learning to sell on outcomes and, and therefore the fee is not the issue. I, th- I think for many years, estate agents have been simply bidding against each other using either the fee or the asking price or both as really the only differentiator to win the instruction. And there is a breed of people now that are, that, that are showing the client ways of getting better prices, quicker sales, better service. And they're demonstrating that through their pitch, through their marketing, through their results, um, and proving what probably we all knew, but many people didn't want to, to, to do the hard yards, that the consumer simply doesn't make a decision on price. Um, they make a decision on lots of things. Price may be one of them. But if you can prove to be better value for money but happen to have a slightly more expensive price tag, um, the, the, the seller or the landlord will use your services. Yeah, I mean, it is – the last three or four years since I came out of agency and started in the sort of you know, in the supply side has been quite unedifying in some ways. In that I've spent a lot of time going around the country now talking to agents and come out of the London bubble. And I'm not saying that London agents are better than anybody else, but there tends to be sometimes a, a concentration of people if they... A lot of people do end up in London because they feel that they want to make more more money, in inverted yep. commas. Um, and it has been um, very patchy, the sort of uh, 
the type of agencies that you that you see and come across. And of course, they're they're facing competition from an unprecedented number of different directions at the moment. And I would like to think, I think it's quite encouraging to hear what you're saying about young, some young agents out there looking to do things a little bit differently, um, perhaps looking to train up. And of course, one of the problems we have in the industry is that there's no unified voice. Um, I mean, you know, the corporates can... Uh, you know they they have enough power in inverted commas, but they have a sort of buying power, and a, they it's no coincidence that countrywide for every pound they make out of agency, they make over forty p in referrals. Yeah. You go to your average independent; they're just n- not good at making money out of referrals. It's all about the service. Yeah, and I think I think that's one side that I, I you know I certainly would share with my clients that I picked up in the corporate world that. You know, we all know that transactional volumes are stressed. They're 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 not on the rise. They they they've declined from from the peak of a you know maybe ten years ago. Um, so I think it's extremely important that estate agents not only maximise their service and the fee for the transaction itself, whether that be a let or a sale or a mortgage, um, but they learn how to sell other products to the consumer to help them on their journey. Um, and the consumer wants it. The consumer wants a non-stop. You know, they want to be able to go to somewhere and get their solicitors, their mortgage, their their survey, their their estate agency, uh, you know, to actually the service of selling or letting the property. But estate agents are either lazy at making the right uh, choices on who to team up with, whether that be tech or whether it be a subsidiary product, don't have the business strategy or knowledge to bring that in-house and create their own mortgage division or land division or new homes division. Um... Uh, you know, and 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 and, and they, they they sort of just hide behind what they know, which is listing and selling properties to whatever level and extent that their talent will take them. Um, so I think I think I think there are loads of people coming together. We've got members of the uh, the uh, innovation collaboration group who are really helping the agents now take a customer take that customer through a journey and and at various points improve the experience because that's number one for me always improve the experience add value to the customer's journey and along the way um sell more products and services that are outside the actual transaction yes because it is frustrating isn't it we were talking about this earlier and this is one of the things i really wanted to talk about this thing about the consumer journey and you know, the Innovation Collaboration Group. I mean, just to give an example of a couple of the people that are in there that we talked about earlier, companies like, I don't know, One Dome as an example, who have a communication platform where anybody... It, it seems to me iniquitous that if you want to um, communicate with your estate agent and find out what's going on with... Not necessarily find out, but but impart some really serious information or get some information... You might want to get that information on a Friday night when you're when you're home. You've been working all week. You want to sort it all out over the weekend. But the estate agents closed from Friday after Friday evening at six o'clock to Monday morning at nine o'clock, which is exactly when you want to communicate. Um, communication platforms like OneDomes gives you the opportunity to put all the op- put all the information on that platform so everyone can communicate all the time. Yep. And then lots of people, when they want to go and see a property, they want to know about that property. And there are lots of very good companies like DataLoft who are in the the um, the information providing um, arena for your locality. They tell you what, what's happening with prices. They slice and dice what type of houses are doing what. And then you have companies like Spriff that provide specific information about properties. But all of this technology doesn't get to the consumer. And you and I both know that the only tech-enabled company that has got through to the consumer is the one that everyone looks like as, looks at as a juggernaut coming down the tracks, which is Purple Bricks, because they've spent £25, £30 million pounds a year putting their their um, presence on TV so people get it. Um, 
what is the best way of improving the, the, the customer journey? How do we get that message to consumers? Well, I think I think as we were talking earlier off off air that the 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 estate agents are at the moment the gatekeeper between that 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 uh, the technology or the systems and processes from third parties and the consumer itself typically, um, and the estate agency. I think the the estate agency industry needs to transform itself to understand that transparency is going to be essential. Um, people don't. You know, they, they want to be able to look at something and rely on the information. So if it says the search has been done in the chain, that, that, that now can be done almost te- through technology. Um, so, so I think it's a question of the estate agents needing to stop building systems and processes that chase either profit or make them more efficient and start understanding that they will make much, much more profit if they simply build systems and processes for the consumer and engage with the technology and the companies that enable them to do that. They don't have the they don't have the technology to do it themselves. They they're definitely going to have to engage with third parties. Um and there are some quite stunning bits of kit out there that the estate agents are either holding at arm's length, don't understand, or because it doesn't necessarily on day one change their their profit line instantly. They can't see past that that slightly medium to long term journey. So, is that why you started the Innovation Club, or, or really have championed the Innovation Collaboration Group? Because a lot of the experience I've had at Viewer going in talking to agents, and the reason I left D and G was to go and start up. You know, I could see that there was a hole in the business in, in the industry for con- consumers want to see things, want to see properties at weekends and things. So, I, I thought, well, I'll start up a business which enables local people to let people in to see properties at weekends if the agents can't do it. But a lot of the agents I go in and see, it's like I'm the fifth that day that's in, been in to see them and they think, oh, my God, not another prop tech bloke selling us. What a, what a pain. It must be a big problem for them. Uh, for, for the prop tech guys or for the estate agents? Well, for the estate agents, knowing who to go to. They just see all these people yeah. coming through. They've got no idea. Could be a big financial commitment. Could be a big change. Well, and it's their time as well. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, I, I must get 20 requests a week for a meeting to look at some new or existing platform and what do I think of it? Um, would I help them work on it or could I help them distribute it or whatever whatever it is they're looking for for help on? And, and um, you, you know, I've had to learn very early on in order to be able to devise my time is that, that I, I have to ask myself three questions. One, does it improve the customer journey? If it doesn't, there's no meeting as far as I'm concerned with either me or my clients and, 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 the, and the, the platform. Um does it provide either a neutral or positive effect on the P&L? You know, do, do, can, can I see the benefit? Um, uh, and, and thirdly, um, do I do I trust the moral code of the business that I'm I'm about to engage with? It has to pass all three elements for me in order for me to be serious and seriously interested in the platform. So the information collaboration group was really, you know, those three questions being able to say, right, let's find the best in class to answer those three principal requirements, put them together so they can have joined up solutions. We're now starting to see various members of that group create, you know, together products. We're starting to see better integration, better better conversations between the people that are members of the group. Um, and, there, you know, since, since the original launch, there's been another half a dozen or so very good good quality firms that will be announced at some point that have come on board. But um, the, the point was to give the estate agents a place to go where they could sort of see an already researched best-in-class set of companies and where we would be able to put them directly in touch with another MD that's using one of those platforms to get the lowdown. Does it improve the customer journey? 
what's the effect on the P&L and are these people decent to deal with? Are, you know, are they reliable, trustworthy? Um, uh, you know, and are they going to be able to deliver what I need? Um, and you know, I'm proud to say that I think every single member of the information club, we've turned away more people than we've, we've accepted. Um, you know, as I say, I must be getting 15, 20 requests a week to, 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 can we talk about joining or can we talk about if you help us and, and definitely decline far more than we would, we would let in. So, we we want to evolve it into a space where 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 the estate agent just has to go to our web page to know right i've got a problem i need to solve my viewings if it was viewed i need to solve my my customer journey and i want to get involved with OneDome and the booking tools or it could be i need data and i want transparent data both for my sales pitch or for my for my clients to see prior to listing um and the spriff data loft spectre all of those businesses come into that 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 category so um the, the real motivation was to give the estate agents an ability to look at a platform and know that what's contained within that platform can be trusted, almost like a badge of honour. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and and, and that, that, you know, no, that, I think that, it's a really good idea. I think it's something that, that time has come, and I think agents do find it, as I said, my experience has been that agents find it very difficult to make a decision as to what they're going to do, and it's why the, the corporates have always had an advantage, because they can try something. If it doesn't work and they've spent money on it, then they just move on to the next thing and they can absorb the loss, whereas small agents often can't do that. It's a really big problem for them. Well, and also I think, I think the group of people that we've got, you know, they all wanted to do something for the estate agents, because let's be honest, the entire group are a number on the P&L for these estate agents. There is an outgoing. You know, they, they pay for the services um, and one assumes the estate agent will continue to pay for the services as long as there is a return on that on that investment. Yeah. But the, the you know, the group have put together a significant sum of money that means that we can do these, these venues free of charge. I think we've got four now all fully booked up uh, across the UK to provide training into the industry, which is much, much needed. I mean, the, the uh, but we understand that it might not be the first thing on an MD's agenda to go and spend on training when he's got problems with the tenant fee ban or when he's got problems that he he's he's not up he's not fully up to speed with what his competitors are doing technology wise or um, so if we can provide free training and improve the quality of the people, the people will get better return on investment from the products and services. So there's like a symbiotic yeah. relationship. Yeah, although that'll probably maybe take time to come through. I mean, I think the sales businesses can perhaps learn quite a lot from the lettings businesses. I mean, lettings obviously has been faster moving. I think your background is in sales, more like mine, but you've you've probably been forced to look at the lettings. I mean, I'm sure people ask you about lettings businesses. Um, You know, I sat on the board of the property ombudsman for 10 years, and as soon as lettings agents had to be part of the property ombudsman setup, the complaints started going up, and it's clearly a very emotional, fast-moving business. The rotten apples in the industry have caused the government to knee-jerk react with things like the tenant fees ban. Um, I mean, have you found learning? Have you found learning about the lettings business? I mean, do you, how, how much of your day-to-day business is, is in your day-to-day time is involved in advising lettings businesses? Um, generally speaking, I advise estate agents, but nearly all of the estate agents have a lettings division. Okay, which, so, which comes into the conversation somehow or other. Yes. I mean, uh, you know, for some, lettings would be the higher portion of their turnover and income. And for for others, sales would be the higher portion of their income. Yeah, and in yeah. some, it would be a fairly balanced. Yeah, I think you and I would up. probably advise anybody who hasn't to definitely go and get one or build it up because it seems to be one of the best ways of accruing value these days. And what is your opinion of the government's interference? I mean, do you think the government should be interfering more in the process? And I mean the, the whole estate agency in buying and selling process because my view has always been that the government's been very happy that it's cheap. That's all they really sort of care about. And, you know, 
the nearest people get to being licensed or, or, or qualified is obviously via redress with the property ombudsman and the, and the PRS. So um, it's very – I'd like to see much more training as being mandatory and, and you know, agents qualified. Would you agree with that? What's your yeah, 100%. That? I mean, I think, I think licensing um, would, 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 would take our industry to another level of professionalism and respect. Um, you know, I've travelled around the world. I do work with other agents in Australia and Dubai and Canada. Um, you know, an estate agency around the world is still a bit of a swear word, but they are much more revered by the consumer than we are. Is that because in, they're qualified? I think it's because they're qualified. I think the calibre of the people, if I'm really blunt, in the first place is higher. Um, obviously, in a lot of the, you know, in the States and Canada and, and, and Australia particularly, you're, you're self-employed, so you're, you're, you're your own business within an umbrella brand. So you're working for a brand, but it's your business, your patch, your um, your personal brand so that gets entrepreneurial marketed. entrepreneurial sort of Well, and, and you, you asked me the question earlier about some of these younger agents. So one of the things I'm, I'm admiring and seeing more and more is their understanding that there is the brand that is the company, but building the individual's brand within that, the personal name of the, the, the guy looking after a certain village or a certain type of property – I'm starting to see that come in now, and I think that's the influence from the Australian markets, which is very vogue, and you know uh, a lot of people look to them for their their guidance. That 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 that's a big change because for me, if you're going to be premium, which I think is the only way forward, it's, it's the only way I'd advise people. By that, I mean charge on results, charge charge well, and get good results. I think you need to be local, and I think you need to be personal, and I think you need to be individual, um, and I think you need to have USPs. Yeah. Well, um, well build, building the brand worked well for me in the old days in Chelsea, that's for sure. OK, let's talk about um, portals. I mean, obviously, there's been a lot of change recently involving portals. I mean, I, I would suspect that a little bit of the change in the way estate agents are and the way they react has been down to the, the laziness, for want of a better expression, of waiting for, for, for leads just to drop in. What do you think the effects of portals have been and where do you think they're going? Because they're not very popular, are they, amongst estate agents often? No, look, I mean, I think, I think portals are exactly, I think from a consumer's perspective, they do provide a good experience for searching for property um, and, and they put all the properties in one space. So from, from one end of the spectrum, they, they, they do provide a, a, a very valuable service. Um, I do, I, I agree with you 100% that the portals are, uh, you know, very good at producing buyer and tenant leads and those buyer and tenant leads have created a laziness within the estate agency world along with all the other tech that, that creates leads to almost be waiters rather than chefs. You know, we, we, we sit and wait for the order and then we deal with it. Um, I think if you went back in time, you had to be a chef and a waiter and, 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 and know everything about the wine list and everything else. Um, so I think, I think, um, I think the portals are, I think the portals are now in a dangerous position because I think I think they are underestimating the relationship issues between them and the consumer. There is now, and when I say the consumer, they're the people that are paying them, the estate agents. Yeah. Um, the value that they're adding is diminishing by the minute because social media is proving to be a far, far better lead generation tool than than the portals. Um, the problem is, is the mindset of the estate agent, and of course, the fact that the portals branding is in the consumer's domain on a much bigger scale than probably most individual estate agencies. So there's this sort of, if, if there's this FOMO, fear of missing out. If I'm not on the portal, my competitor will destroy me at the listing appointment. Um, and I understand that. Uh, and I think portals have, have a part to play. But I think they are in a delicate position because 
in any other industry, if you supply data that supplies traffic to the value and volume that we've given the portals, they would be paying you for it. I know it is extraordinary, isn't it? Uh, do you think one day? Do you think um, one day? Obviously, came later and is recent. Uh, do you think on the market was a reasonable response? Do you think it was the wrong time? What's your view of on the market? I think on the market, in its pure principles, was correct. It's well documented that I'm not a fan of on the market in terms of what it actually ended up doing to some of the estate agents. Um, so, so no, I'm not. I'm, I don't think disrupting the portal market with another portal is 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 the most intelligent thing to do. I don't personally believe that on the markets to achieved its aims on behalf of the industry, which is to bring the portals to heel. Um, and of course, the original concept of an agency owned website yeah. owned by the agents um, is no longer the case. Um, well, we talked about the difficulty of getting agents to collaborate. I think that was always going to be one of the difficulties, I think, with that. Um, as you say, the original aim was, was, was fine. And in terms of OneDome, do you think, do you think uh, OneDome, which is the latest portal, which I think is, uh, has started operating in the southeast, um, supposedly going to start giving agents a share of the lead generation, the, the mortgages, the conveyancing stuff that consumers might book through the portal, they will give that as a share to the agent whose properties they're, they're looking at. Do you think that's the, the, the next evolution of where portal are going or do you think social media i assume you're talking about facebook really and, and people's ability to advertise yeah really well locally is, is that the way it's going uh, i i certainly think a combination of those two elements so things like cct that, that are part of the uh, information collaboration group what one day my from my perspective whichever angle i shine the light on it, it i can't see what's not to like it's free they share revenue it, if it works brilliant if it fails no loss. There, there is no downside. Yeah, because there's no one other portal thing to get in the way these days. That's that's gone. So you know, you would have thought people would be trying that sort of thing to see what happens. Yeah, I think the agents that are onboarding with it have been have been wholly uh, pleased with the potential outcome. I mean, um, obviously, just the very simple ability to be able to plug into an already existing mortgage and solicitor network that has, 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 has been checked out as being viable, get yeah. your deals through. Um, you know, a lot of the smaller agents, one, two, three, four offices, they don't have the ability to go and find out, well, who do I who do I plug into? Um, and if they do, they then don't particularly do well at cross-selling anyway. So, you know, there's a massive revenue stream to be had by, by co- collaborating with people like OneDome because they do it all for you. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've never understood quite why. I mean, we, we always used, you know, I always used to recommend local solicitors. Not so, I wasn't so good on the mortgage front in the old days, but solicitors, why would you recommend a Duff solicitor? You know, you'd have thought people would be on the system, with, you know, if you go on something like one day and they're going to be checked, you know, they're going to be people who know what they're doing. So why wouldn't you do that? Okay. I mean, you talked about Australia, Canada um, and the US just now. I mean, obviously there's one agent that we talked about briefly earlier who's been in all those markets as well as the UK, which is Purple Breaks. Yeah. Um, it's very topical at the moment. Obviously, over the weekend, Michael Bruce was uh, left the business. Um, I don't think anyone would, would deny that he'd done a spectacular job of building the brand. I don't think – I think Purple Breaks is up there in the top 10 now as a sort of known brand. Um, what's your view of where – of what they've done in the industry and do you think they're here to stay? Do I think they're here to stay? Let's answer the last one first. Yes, I do. Um, I think they're now the brand is 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 big enough, got enough eyeballs, enough recognition on it um, that they will they will do. I think their brand will morph. I think their offering will evolve and change to to some degree or another. Um, there are massive flaws, in my opinion, in the current model, which um, have taken longer than perhaps 
many pundits would have suggested to, to, to come to light. And we're seeing those. The manifestation of that is now, isn't it? We're seeing that now in terms of the service delivery, the non-transparency about their success rate of you know listings to sales, um, bit of mis-selling around the, 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 the sort of product about the, the, the agreement to pay the funds later on, the finance agreements. But yeah, do I, do, do I think Purple Bricks? I think Purple Bricks have been good for the industry, but the industry doesn't know it yet. Um, you know, everyone likes to hate purple bricks. I'm not a fan of the upfront model. I, 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 I intrinsically wouldn't give somebody my money to sell my house until they're delivered. But it's extraordinary, isn't it, Ian, that the majority of their instructions are in the north where the fee they pay, the punters pay up front to sell their property is almost the same, if not more, than they would pay to, to one of the local agents. Amazing. Yes, the gain, obviously, the higher the house price, the, the, adv- the role of the dice becomes a greater gamble if you if you're you know if you're in London prime central London where you'd have expected them to get more traction than yeah. they did um i don't really know the re- i'm mean, I'm, I'm a northerner so um i don't really know why i don't know why that is i mean it could be that their marketing resonated with with the the the, de- the demographics in 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 northern cities and towns it could be um it could be that the hate for estate agents is far greater well, that you um, see, that's very perceptive of you because I think that I think that's got a lot of a part, a big part to play. I think estate agents. I've loved being an estate agent, but I think I've I've laboured under. The, I've been well aware. You know, someone turns around to me at a dinner party and says, "What do you do?" I tend to just lie because I still <laughs> find it really embarrassing. I'm an estate agent, yeah. um, and I think there is a real illusion that people that estate agents think that, that that the public thinks they're doing a really good job and really likes them. So I'm fascinated to hear you say that. Yeah, look, I, I look, the, 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 we can't we can't help. We we would be in denial if we cannot accept that the public's perception of what we do is is not a good one. And to be honest with you, in some cases, that's very well earned. You know, the public don't just make up their mind for, for a reason. But you were very clever there, I think, to draw the link between the way, per, per, to, to an extent, Purple Breaks is success, however you want to define it. You know, they've gone from naught to 2,000 listings in five or six years, 20,000 listings, rather. You can't, you know, you can't deny that's good. Um, anything else in there? So, so you, I mean, you know, to me, it's easier for the public to like the tech and the ability to, to think they don't, act, they don't have to deal with somebody. I think they really like that idea. Yep. Um, I think some people do. I think others would would recoil from that. I mean, I, th- I think the consumers would split into a number of different camps, and I think I think the not having to deal with an estate agent will be an appeal for some. I think the price point will have appealed to others. Um, the technology and, and the online aspect of it, which is a bit of a con, because estate agents are just online agents with a high street premises. I mean, there's no there's there's nothing magical going on in in the online world. Um, but I think I think. Um, I think the issue is 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 that the way, the way, and I don't want to, I don't really want to give anybody any ideas, really. But I, I, I think the different, if, if there's going to be an online play, the the way they attract a buyer to interact with a property or an owner has to improve because if all they're doing is putting it on the portals, which is the same as a traditional agent, and they they don't really hold databases of buyers, they don't phone round to sell houses. I just don't see how they will ever outperform on either price, speed, or or you know, percentage of listings to sales. I don't see how they'll ever outperform the traditional model. Yeah. So for me, they need to modernise on how they get the eyeballs on their properties. And if their plan is right, moving Zoopla, I, I, I think they, I think they, and that's where I think they will work out that they need to, they need to think about different ways of putting eyeballs onto the properties. 
And in terms of the other large corporate, I mean, obviously, people have always focused or looked to some of the big corporates, the Countrywides, the LSLs, the Connells, these sort of companies, as a, for a lead in the industry, that what they do, everybody else tends to do afterwards. Where do you think the corporates are in their, um, in their uh, evolution? I think, I think for the corporates, sadly, I think they sit in this problem that they, they can't charge premium because they're not individually... You know, on the main, and I don't want to generalise, but generally speaking, the calibre of person in a corporate is not as good as the calibre of a person in independent. Um, As a result of that, they are trying to charge turn left prices. They're trying to be a premium business, a fee on successful result. But they are delivering an average performance. And I think the sheer sheer, um, basis of economics prohibits you doing that. So I don't, I don't, I'm not so sure what the identity of the corporates is. They are brands, but there's no people within it. No one stays long enough to build a brand for the individual guy in his individual town. So, um, you know, the corporates have got a lot to offer in terms of scale. I, I, I don't believe the consumer sees any advantage in the number of offices. I, I think that's largely a, a red herring. Um, you know, in most cases, they're multiple branded anyway. So I, the, a, a little bit like Purple Bricks, I think the corporates will need to reinvent themselves um, because if, they, if they're not like the, you know, the high street independent agents with good entrepreneurial, quick thinking management and leadership teams where they can, they can make decisions fast, they can stop something, start something, they can do something very, very quickly, they can engage with new technology and roll it out instantly – Whereas the juggernauts of the corporates, they, they have to think in, you know, they have to look at the numbers. The, an accountant is normally behind the decision rather than the state agent. So they are, they are simply brands. They are, they, they are brands that may or may not attract the consumer. They're not individuals where a relationship has been built Yes, forever. it is funny, isn't it? Because if you said to someone anywhere in the UK who are countrywide, they wouldn't have a clue. Yeah, I mean, countrywide I mean, they, they just don't know countrywide isn't a brand. It, it's, it struck me that it, perhaps it was something. I mean, how do you think they've messed up? I mean, do you think that they were going down the right route in terms of trying to produce a parallel digital offering under Alison Platt's leadership? What do you think was the problem there? Uh, the problem was very simply execution. Um, I, 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 I will go on record as saying I admired some of the foresight of, of uh, previous leaderships in Countrywide. Uh, what, what I would be at odds with, with is the implementation and the execution of that has been too slow. Um, hasn't listened to real estate agents, um, ha- ha- has ha- has been done from a perspective of uh, not necessarily the consumer. So it's not it's not, I, the consumer was not thought about in this process, in my opinion, or not properly. Um, and certainly they 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 didn't work out how we're going to deliver this to the consumer. Um, a dual offering, uh, I, I think there is some leverage in that. Um, I don't. I don't know. You know, I don't know where online is going to end. Now, I suspect their prices are going to start moving towards that of the traditional model anyway. So I don't. I don't know whether that differentiation is is required or not. Um, but yeah, as I say, I mean, I, th- I I think the idea of of the retail concept and and, and the you know some of the stuff that I was seeing or, or hearing or you know from an outside at, at that point I was an outsider looking in. Um, and certainly, some stuff that when I was there from the previous leadership was was very thought provoking and very very likely to succeed. The problem was is the implementation is too slow. Yeah. It's too it's it's not thought through properly. If they make a mistake, they seem incapable of putting their hand up and saying, "Got it wrong." 
let's let's try again with something else. Yes. They they I will mean, just keep quite an expensive thing to do to stop the juggernaut that was the digital offering and just to seemingly stop it completely. It seems like there were some bits there that could have worked. Uh, expensive, yes, not expensive in comparison to where we've ended up with the share price and everything else. So, look, a mistake's a mistake. I, I think the best leaders I know, and certainly I work with one in Dale Norton at Romans, if we were making a mistake, we made a mistake. I mean, we stopped and we we, 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 we ironed out the issues and went again. Yeah. Um, countrywide and, and, and the larger ones, I mean, I know Countrywide a bit better than most, but, 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 but they appear to be incapable of unbacking a mistake um, or diverting from the original path at all. Well, I suppose the trick is to try and back the right thing in the first place, isn't it? But uh, I would like to see them survive. I think it's important that that the uh, wider UK public sees there being big corporate companies doing well. I think it's a good thing. Um, you know, I thought I thought Countrywide was a good buy to pan. Now it's, what, 6p or something? <laughs> so, don't come to me for financial advice. I, th- I think the industry needs Countrywide to survive because I think it answers more questions. I think it creates more questions than it solves if they... if they. I know if you're directly competing with them that you'll dance on their grave if the worst comes to the worst. I can't see that happening. Um, I think, for one reason, they're a very good buy. So I think if, if the worst came to the worst, there will be pockets deep enough to come in and rescue it and maybe take it back off the stock market etc etc but um but i think i mean you asked me the question what do i think is the biggest mistake countrywide have made i think i think i think one of the biggest mistakes if i'm honest with you is they made an announcement after platt's tenure that they were going back to basics and i think in an industry that's been disrupted where the consumer journey has changed beyond all recognition to announce to the city i understand you've got a workforce and a consumer base that might have resonated with the back to basics um but the city doesn't the city doesn't like back to basics. The city doesn't like looking backwards. And Countrywide, unlike a, a, an independent, is, is beholden to the shareholder and, 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 and the market, you know, the city. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, it'll be fascinating to see. I mean, you've got a company like, like Countrywide that was worth more than a billion, which is now what capitalised 120 million. You've got Purple Bricks, which was a, as much as 2 billion, I think, at some point, if not more, um, supposedly now worth... 400 you put those two businesses together you know that's a fascinating prospect i mean i suppose one of the most interesting companies i think recently and i have no idea whether you've had an interaction with them um who i used to be a real fan of was humberts who've now completely changed their model and they're going to this i think they've got seven hubs throughout the uk and they're doing all their business from there have you have you had any interaction with them at all or uh no obviously i know ian westerling that used to be there who's now at active yeah. pipe um uh, I've watched and, and seen it from the outside. I think I think the hub I think the hub is an inevitability for UK. So I, because I think, they're going to offer lots of different services. They're going to offer everything from sort of moving, conveyancing, mortgage. They're going to offer the whole process. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the days of having a office in every square mile or every town or every city um, is probably if you were building a business today and had no legacy issues. I don't think you'd. I think you'd build something similar to Humberts, or or even if you look at Hamptons. I mean, in reality, their model is an office that covers a much wider area than the typical competitor. I know they tend to be in the medium to upper end of the marketplace, but so I definitely foresee a consolidation um, of, of of businesses. You know, having these big flagships that that cover a much wider area, uh, much bigger offices, yeah. um, and maybe the smaller villages would be served by the the city centre branch. So I think. I think they've got that right and will be ahead of their time. And, and again, that is the Australian and, and, and American market. You know, they don't have 
Well, actually, it's been very interesting hearing you articulate the difference between the independents who tend to be a bit more entrepreneurial and, and the corporates who, who don't need to be as an entrepreneurial because they're, they're selling the, the name of the brand or whatever in the town. Um, I mean, you know, we've been talking for some time. If people are still listening, thank you for sticking with us. I mean, how would you finish? Are you optimistic about the estate agency industry in general? Yes, I am. I, I think I think the, the, the young businesses coming up who are the future of our industry, you know, there are many that I could take my hat off to and say that I can see that they're looking for real change. They they have an app. They're not talking about it. They're actually doing it. They are delivering a different, more powerful, better outcome for their consumer, uh, for, for, for the seller and for the landlords. Um, and so, so, so I can see that that's there. I, 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 I think that the advent of all the threats from government intervention in the lettings business and, and, and purple bricks offering the online and um, I think that has sharpened the mind of many owners who are not in a position to exit because either they don't have a valuable enough lettings book or for whatever reason exit's not, not they might be too young. Um, they are starting to sharpen their minds and focus back again on the quality and calibre of delivery of service through people and are starting to understand that tech is an aid to that, not a solution for the weakness of their staff. Yeah. And I think 10 years ago, tech was seen as a weakness, as an ability to cover the weakness of the team. Now people are realising it's to give good people leads and conversations to be had with clients. To, to... So, yeah, look, I, I, agency, I love it. It's in my blood. There's nothing I can do about it. Um, it's like your football team. Once you're there, you're there. Um, and I will, I, 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 will, I, I will fight with my dying breath to, to give it a well, professional I think, edge. I think you say in your Twitter feed, I think you're a Liverpool fan, aren't you? No, I'm a Leeds fan. Leeds fan. Okay, sorry, it's LUFC. I thought that might have been, might have been Liverpool. After watching last night, I couldn't believe that game. But anyway, look, guys, we've been talking for 45 minutes, which I think is more than enough. Um, just sitting in the room with you. And as I said, this is the first time I physically met him. I've never met someone who crackles with as much energy as you do. It's fantastic to meet you. Thank you. Uh, if you want to look him up, it's Ian, the Scottish way, I-A-I-A-I-N, Ian White. Um, but listen, Ian, it's been a pleasure. I'm absolutely sure we can do another one of these at some point and, and go in a bit deeper into some of these um, things. But it's, it's, it's fascinating to hear what you say. And thank you very much for your time. Thank you, Ed. Thank you for the invite.